welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. It's been a good week here. It is July 19th, 1997. Carol was on a little bit of a trip. Yeah, I went up to Ludington with my family. The Lud. What did you think? I had fun on the beach and stuff. I like Ludington. Yeah, it's a nice, nice beach up there. There's a lighthouse, shops, and ice cream. The only lighthouse in Michigan, everyone. Ha, 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 ha. The only shops in Michigan. Okay. What do you think, like, so there, there's a bunch of, for people that don't, are for our non-Michigan resident listeners, there are, are a lot of little areas in Michigan that are kind of like that, right? Yeah. There's some little shops, a soda fountain. Frankenmuth is like that, but it's got a Bavarian theme. Frankenmuth. It's another place I love. It's from our German heritage. You know what I learned today at yeah. the House of Flavors? You know, wait one second, though. We listen, or uh, people listen to us in Germany. Did you know that? No, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah. <laughs> das ist sehr gut. I don't know what you just said. Mm. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Sound like you're having fun over there by yourself. Du bist ein Stern. I think that's the wrong kind of star, though. Um, what? Anyway, what did you learn at the House of Flavors that you taste delicious? Um, well, I do taste delicious, but I already knew that. No. Um, <laughs> no, a waffle cone yes. cannot hold more than one scoop. They act like it can, but it can't. <laughs> okay. Why? What happened? Well, my ice cream, my top scoop literally started to fall right off. Like, I caught it in my fist. I caught a scoop of ice cream. Wait, why, why was your hand closed? Why, how'd you catch it in the fist? <laughs> I caught it and made a fist, okay? Oh. So you caught it and then just squished the... You held it up to the clerk and you're like, not more than one scoop. It was like a snowball in my hand. And I... <laughs> I asked for a bowl and a spoon, and I ate it that way, even though I had touched it. Is that gross? No. It was delicious. I ate lots of stuff I touch. That's true. We eat lots of things with our hands. Um, But speaking of eating with your hands, uh, you want to learn about the Detroit way of music? Sure. I don't really see what that has to do with eating with your hands. Because sure. you're going to eat up this uh, story. Okay. On the west side of Detroit, 17-year-old Charles Wilson sits at his grandmother's Baldwin piano trying to figure out the complex chord voicings to a music arrangement given to him by his teacher, pianist Teddy Harris. Harris has been teaching Wilson for nine years and knows the young musician can play anything he gives him. What do you think about this? Charles Wilson. Up and coming star. Um, I, I don't know what Maybe. to think about it. <laughs> what makes him exceptional is he doesn't want to do anything but play the piano. I guess that's true. What makes him exceptional is that he foregoes all family relationships. Sounds like a freak. Single mindedly, he only wants to play the piano. Across town. Detroit Jazz Heritage Performance Lab workshop musologist and pianist Harold McKinney 
grabs his walking game, pulls himself from a folding chair, walks over to his 16-year-old protege, Mario Sampson, and instructs him on the right tempo to play when accompanying a vocalist. What what what's going on? I don't understand. I believe these two are in a blood feud for which one of their teenage music projects is better. Okay. In his office on the campus of University of Michigan saxophonist and professor Donald Walden sits across from a student, trombonist Vincent Chandler. Maybe they're all going to play together. Oh yeah, they're all going to play in a band. Okay. Spoiler, you didn't finish the story. <laughs> What I'm what we're saying here is that there are I would say Detroit has maybe the best heritage of music of any city. I'd put them up against any city. Even Portland? <laughs> what? Even Portland, Oregon? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Isn't, Who's from Portland? Isn't that where Nirvana got their start? Seattle. Oh, Seattle, that's what I meant. Portland. Seattle and Portland are close together, aren't they? They're in different states. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they're generally like, it's kind of like saying Chicago and Detroit are the same place, right? Well, they're five hours apart, so. Yeah, no. I don't even, I think, I don't even think Seattle and Portland are that close. But. Okay. I just knew it was in a place where it rains, okay? <laughs> okay. So any place on earth besides exactly. the desert. It was not the desert. <laughs> Wait, Nirvana's not from the Sahara? No. With the sand in <laughs> my toenails. Ew. Um, I got sand in lots of places yesterday. What? <laughs> Just say. What were you doing at the beach? Sitting. On who? <laughs> what the hell? Nobody, you freak. Sand in lots of places. Um, I guess that's the stabbing feeling. I want to be. (laughs) I want to be alone. Greta Garbo famously proclaimed. And they got what she asked for. Only to end up feeling betrayed in her opulent isolation. But I never said I wanted to be left alone. What? Americans are like that. We want to be alone, which is why we invent a new world in the first place. And here we are alone in our cars and our houses, fronted by our self-watering lawns and the window. What kind of fucking futuristic world are you living in? And the windows closed, the air conditioners going, sitting on the couch with our remote controls, as far from each other as the old shared forms of life as our money can get us, which is pretty far. And now we're afraid we'll be left alone. That's where contact director Robert Zemeckis comes in. What? Along with other practitioners of summer movie blockbuster therapeutics. They've put two and two together, these purveyors of alien nation. The two, in this case, being the two elements of Americans' conflicted profession of belief, with better than 90% of us saying we believe in God, variously defined, and at the same time, three-quarters of professing belief in extraterrestrials. Okay. Okay. Not that the two are mutually exclusive, correct. Although the urge for ETs implies that just between us and God, most of us are feeling left alone. Like, I, I guess? I don't understand this. I mean, I think they're talking about how, you know, people are kind of, like, becoming more separated because of technology and stuff, maybe, but I, I don't... I suppose, yeah. They're not saying it well. This... So this is the Metro Times, which we haven't really delved into before. They're a little more highbrow than I think we're used to. But they're talking about the movie Contact, which we haven't seen yet. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe we should wait until we uh, see it. 
starring Jodeth Foster. Are we going to see that movie? Um, probably. We'll probably see it. I certainly wouldn't mind. I like Jodie Foster. Yeah. Oh, there's a review of Nothing to Lose in here, a movie we didn't see. That's the, uh, whatever, the Walter Matthau, Jack Lemmon, Grumpy Old Men in a Boat. No, thanks. Yeah, we already watched Speed 2. <laughs> and then Drag Strip, Please. Hmm. I don't get that one. Uh, Demolition Doll Rods is the rock band equivalent of Detroit Techno. Detroit invented techno, so. That is, band members who are substantially less well-known in their hometown than in several other towns around the globe. Oh, okay, I, get, I understand what they're saying now. Here in Detroit, the exhibitionist trio, which performs as near naked as the law will allow, is more heard of than heard. How naked will the law allow? I don't know. Are they women or are they men? Demolition doll rods. So but it's the rods part that throws me. <laughs> if it was just doll, I'd be pretty sure. Right. But thanks to national and international touring under the pro, uh, patronage of fans, John Spencer okay, and Iggy Pop, well, these are their patronage. Iggy Pop, we're, we're familiar with him. The doll rods are steadily furthering their high-heeled stumble toward world conquest. Still could be guys. <laughs> I mean, outside. it could be, but it's probably girls. And then I'm wondering, are we going to go to the, like, the rules of a strip club? So like, as long as the venue doesn't serve alcohol, they can be completely <laughs> naked. But since it does, they have to have on underpants? I don't know. The campaign takes on another lurch forward next week when they join second leg of Lollapalooza's second stage. Oh, they'll be at Lollapalooza. Interesting. I want to go to Lollapalooza. Yeah, we should. Let's do it. We could talk about it. Then we can see the doll rods. Let's buy a van. And how naked they get. Now, is that is that is this like literary license or something like that? Or are they just saying they dress skimpily? Or are they literally saying they they strip down as much as they possibly can. Because I don't think they can do, like, strip club rules if they're doing a concert. I don't know. I think there are, I don't know why, but I think there are special, somehow, like, you have to have a special license or something like that? I don't know. Maybe they put duct tape over their nipples. Oh, like at City Club. Yeah. Um, Like all global domination movements, the doll rods began with a modest proposition. Hey, kids, let's start an all-girl rock group. Singer, guitarist, composer Margaret Dollrod. <laughs> is her is her name Margaret Dahlrod? Thought to herself, wait, what? Hey kids, let's start an old rock girl group. She thought this to herself in the spring of ninety three. Is she schizophrenic? <laughs> that she couldn't sing or play an instrument or write songs. Were minor details that could be sorted out later. She already had the, the, the important stuff, the band name. And a bunch of cool song titles. Wow. <laughs> this is fucking ridiculous. In Margaret's fantasy, it also didn't matter that the first... <clears throat> is this a fever dream this guy like made up? I don't is this a short story? I think so. Maybe. In, I don't in know. Margaret's, they're right weird. In Margaret's fantasy, it also didn't matter that the first member she picked for her all-girl band was a guy. What in the fuck, Margaret? She said, do you want to be in a girl, a girl in my band? Remembers Danny Dalrod. Okay, so they're all named Dalrod. Very, very nice. Margaret's instincts were quickly proven correct. Danny looked fabulous in a dress. 
Okay. So they are dressed. Well, that's where the rod comes from. They're dolls and rods. <laughs> Having played rhythm and lead guitar in a minimalist Detroit house and garage rocking outfit, the Gories, he automatically became lead guitarist of the Demolition Doll Rods. The original lineup was completed by Karen Dalrod. Lucky to find all these people whose last name is Dalrod. Right. Whose talents included being able to drink with one hand while drumming with the other. I can smoke with one hand and hold a microphone with the other. Does that count for anything? Yes. Okay. Uh, But what about the reality? Are we not talking about the reality? Margaret, we were awful. I I couldn't sing or play. Correct. You, I, I've got some teachers. You can hit up University of Michigan. And not that I do such a hot job of it now, but Danny, we've come a long way, Margaret. Oh wait, no, this is just them going back and forth. I don't care about this. Yeah, can like maybe we talk about the movie we watched this week? Go see the demolition doll rods at Lollapalooza, everyone. I just want to see how naked they are. That's where that's where my curiosity is piqued. How naked Margaret Dalrod is? Were there any pictures with this article? Because I'm curious. Do I want to see these people naked? I don't, I don't know. know. Probably not. She probably can't sing or play an instrument. Well, that is what she said. Yeah. No. Uh, speaking of being mostly naked. Yeah. We watched a movie, George of the Jungle. Yeah, where the guy from 90210 is mostly naked. What? Brandon? It's not Brandon. Oh, Brendan? Brendan Fraser. <laughs> yeah, th- this was a treat for you, I'm guessing. I mean, it was fine. He was fine. <laughs> I never mind watching movies with him in them. Um, This one was a little uh, it- shitty, though. <laughs> <laughs> Like I think the most delicate way to put that, I guess. I think it would have been really good, yeah, if we were high. That's what would have improved this movie going experience. So, yeah, it's George (laughs) of the Jungle. For those of you that don't remember, nineteen sixties cartoon parody of Tarzan. But like, I mean, I remember that cartoon. Like they showed the reruns when we were kids. Yeah. And the thing is, is that it's, I don't know, we're in this weird era of like, let's bring back the Brady Bunch. Let's bring back George of the Jungle. Mm -hmm. All these movie executives are like, hey, remember that shit that was popular when we were kids that we loved? (laughs) Let's bring it back and make it self-aware. Like the Brady Bunch movie kind of works for me. I know you didn't like it that much, but it kind of works for me because of how self-aware it is. Right. And and it's interesting taking the Bradys and putting them in a modern time period. This is also self-aware. Yes. Like, very self-aware. At one point, the narrator, like, actually deletes things from the movie. Like, <laughs> He's like, yeah, too much. Right, exactly. And so there's... It... it that works in a certain way. It's not awful. Yeah, I mean, it made me chuckle. It's very faithful to the cartoon, and I think that's to its detriment. Yeah, because it's a live-action movie trying to be a cartoon. And it just doesn't work 
because of that. If they, at one point, George gets taken into the real world. Mm-hmm. If that had been most of the movie, I think you've got something. Really? Yeah, a self-aware thing where he's in the mo- modern society as this guy, you know, fish out, like classic fish out of water story. I think it'd be like Splash kind of. I think like that could work possibly. I don't know. I thought some of the funniest stuff though happened when they were in the jungle. Like when he like fell in love with, uh, what the hell was her name? I don't even know. I keep wanting to call her Jane. Leslie Mann <laughs> yeah. is, is the actress's name. He was falling in love with her. Right. And then his ape friend, who ha- he calls his brother, which is weird because it almost seemed more like his mother. Um, but it was a guy and could yeah. talk. He's it was like, an ape that could talk. He's like, how do I get her to be my mate? And then he shows him all the things he would do to get a mate as an ape. Right. And so then he's mimicking that. Like, that was funny to me. But you could still do that in the modern, you know, whatever. I guess. But, I mean, where's this talking ape going to fit in? Where's any of it going to fit in? That's the comedy. And he had an elephant that was supposed to be a dog, but he was an elephant. So that was, like, funny. There was... <laughs> Very good. <laughs> been... Excellent description. <laughs> that was as much thought as the movie put into it. Right. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, if you do, if you really dive deep into this, which it's a kids movie, so it's you know don't right. But if you really dive deep into this, there's a lot that doesn't make any sense. Like he gets lost here when he's just a baby and gets raised by this gorilla or whatever, and that can talk. Um, but like, how does he know what a dog is? Right. Like he has concepts of the real world that he really shouldn't well and he speaks english yeah i mean the the gorilla does too that's true <laughs> Which yeah i guess that explains how not, he learns it's completely not explained yeah how this gorilla has the power of speech but it freaks the girl out so much that he just stops talking because he doesn't want to scare right he wears glasses and reads textbooks and plays chess he speaks with an english accent not american english 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 yeah it's weird mm-hmm. yeah there's we could we could really dive logically into this movie and rip it apart but yeah there's it's no not point. it's not really meant for that it's absurd the whole movie yeah. is absurd my niece loved it though yeah well yeah for for children it's you know it's got something for them yeah for sure and it's got something for women uh Brendan Fraser taming a horse. <laughs> that was fun, too. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of interesting things. So her fiancé is an asshole. Why is she even engaged to him? That's what I want to know. Yeah, but that relationship, who the fuck knows? And All these movies, they're, they're like the girls are always with these asshole guys, and it's like, well, how did that happen? Right. You're just upset with him now? Well, what I want to understand, too, there's very little context here. So, like, she's off in the jungle. Mm-hmm. Doing some kind of safari, I guess. Just for fun? I mean, it doesn't... They they never said that, like, she was there in any kind of official capacity. So, I mean, and she's super rich, so maybe. But then her fiancé shows up, and she's like, what are you doing here? Like, how would that happen? You know? How does a guy from, what, New York City just uh, pop into the jungle right exactly where she is? Hey, is Jane here? Oh, no, she went to Africa. Okay. 
I'll find her. Right. What? It's going to fly right into Nairobi. And then he just makes an ass of himself, but she wasn't happy to see him. He was hilarious. Yeah. In the movie. I guess. Thomas Hayden Church, uh, Lowell from Wings. He was great playing the asshole. Yeah, you definitely hate him, so I guess good job. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, there was a stupid part, too, where George literally mailed himself back to uh, the jungle in a big box. Yeah. With shoes. All right. He didn't have shoes before. I guess that was the one thing he wanted to bring with him from the modern world. <laughs> yeah. What what I think is funny is he didn't try to find his parents. Right? Like, are they still alive? Are they heartbroken? They never get mentioned. No closure for them. Right? There's a completely other movie where they're, uh, you know, they've killed themselves for their losing their child. No. Don't take it to such a dark place. One thing that works, there's a lot that doesn't work about this movie, but one thing that does work is Brendan Fraser, Mm -hmm. who is so earnest in this. (laughs) Like, he is just absolutely 100% committed to this. Yeah. And it's fantastic. He is a very talented actor. Uh, He reminds me a little bit of his character from Encino Man. Yes, very much. But this movie needed a a Pauly Shore, I think. Yeah, that might have worked better. I don't know. But uh, the rest of it, it's just, it's very cheesy. It's very Very cheesy. Very, very cheesy. Well, and then, like, the end, spoiler, they end up together living in the jungle. That's what they choose. Not that he's going to come to New York with her and live, like, you know, a person. Rich life. But they move to the jungle, even though, yeah, she has lots of money, and they raise a child in the jungle. This dude's also never fucked. I mean, like... Well, obviously. What's that going to be like? Well, I mean, everybody has a first time. I mean... Yeah, but not everyone's been raised by apes. What does he think the first time's supposed to be like? I don't know. Hopefully somebody had the talk with him besides the ape. Throws his feces at her afterwards. <laughs> Grabs her by the hair. Well, you know, that That's not be not it. that bad, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, but I, yeah, I mean... And I liked her too, actually. Yeah, she Leslie Mann did a good job in this movie as well. She's charming. the The acting performances were even like the the secondary villains, like the hunters, with their vague plot of we want to make money. Like why why are Lenny and Squiggy just hanging out in the fucking <laughs> African outback too, or whatever? Very good question. Like, and they, they're just, yeah, they're just into everything. Like, they were going to take the, the elephant's tusks. Like, right. fuck you guys. Like, was that supposed to be the neon sign? They're bad. I guess. But, like, what's their plan? How do they even know anything about Africa? Like, why are they? They seem like experts in some way. Well, I mean, maybe they are. But why? They, how long have they been here? Maybe they grew up in one of those, like, uh, colonies in Africa. Oh, what are the colonies in Africa where they talk like this? <laughs> hey, we could have used to said we were going to get a white tiger, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's what they're calling him. Yeah, this fucking... Uh, white ape, white not ape, a white tiger. Yeah, yeah that must have been, uh, been the Brooklyn colony <laughs> of 
fucking Africa. Whatever. Hey, get some more mosquito nets over here. Yeah, where did they come from? They came from America. But I mean, like, they weren't there in the beginning, were they? The rich guy brought them, I think. Oh, that explains a lot. The asshole brought assholes. <laughs> they all hang and out And then together. one asshole beget more assholes. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a lot to say about this movie, unfortunately. It's fine. It's It's the most boring thing. That we can say it's okay. I don't. It's not terrible. I didn't hate it. It's not great. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you have a kid in your life, it's worth taking them to see because it's not like if unpleasant. Child, if you have a child that touches your heart in any way, <laughs> but I wouldn't go see it on my own as an adult. I, yeah, I even think though, well, we did take a chance. They would be a little concerned about you, and like you know, you get the uh, uh, Pee Wee Herman stares or whatever. What the fuck? <laughs> are you suggesting people are, are masturbating in this? Uh, well, in this movie? I mean, there's Brandon Fraser, so it's possible. Brandon, whatever. <laughs> do we need to have another episode of Brandon versus Brendan? Yeah, I think we do. I think we do too. Anyway, that is the episode for the week, Carol. Do your thing. <laughs> okay. Um, so my thing is to tell you to check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com mm-hmm. and write us at latefee1994 at awl.com mm-hmm. and tell your friends. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.